You know what you remind me of? Reverse Popeye. Reverse Popeye. Reverse Popeye. How do? How am I like reverse Popeye? Popeye is strong. Uh huh. Full of courage. Yeah. I don't like where this is going. Handsome. Mm hmm. And you are. Yep. The antithesis of all of those things. So I'm weak. Yep. Um, cowardice. Yep. And ugly. Fuck ugly. Fuck ugly. Not Fuck. just ugly. Fuck ugly. Fuck ugly. You, you know the character um, Optimus Prime? Mm-hmm. You're the opposite of Optimus Prime. Okay, so he's... A truck. <laughs> <laughs> you know? It's the opposite of a truck. Um... What is the opposite? What is the opposite of it? I swear we're not high, but it seems like they are. What is it? Think about it. What is the opposite? So, what is a truck's function? I, I start with the truck's function. Um, to pull heavy loads. <laughs> so, the opposite of something that can pull heavy loads would be like, and it's got four wheels. Cloud. So you need to have like negative four wheels. Is the opposite of a truck a cloud? Yeah, probably. Clouds don't have to pull anything heavy. Cloud, I feel like the cl- a cloud is the opposite of a lot of things. Crab? Well, yeah, sex. <laughs> <laughs> oh, wait. wait a minute. They're wondering Shh. about... Can you hear that? Oh, he's come through the roof! It's Dream Machine, he's back! No. It's me at the it's me adoring movies. It's me adoring movies. So won't you lend an Good morning, the Andrew Movie Podcast. We are here in the land of the sunset, California. Uh, we've just come off the back of our uh, show at the Seashell Hotel, who put us up for the week. It's fantastic. I'm going to be your main host, Gary Copeland. I'm joined today by my secondary host. It's 4.23 in the afternoon at rainy Glasgow. We're not in any of those places, and it's not that time. I am um, the little slump that you get when... um, no, I, I'm not feeling... No, wait. <laughs> I'm slumping this fucking episode. <laughs> Jesus Christ, it's Gavin. No, and no. And we are joined I, by our newest guest in addition to this podcast. It's everyone's favorite character, Dream Machine. <laughs> you may remember, uh, for anyone that didn't listen to the last episode, I don't know why. I seriously doubt anyone starting at this point in the fucking run. <laughs> but if you didn't. Season three, episode like 40 or something. Last episode, uh, I introduced the Dream Machine, which is a, a crazy machine I invented that can uh, see the last dream that you had. Uh, it also can create foods that you ask it to do. Uh, and we found out at the end of the episode, which was a shock to me and Gavin and Phil, who was here for one episode and one episode only, that the Dream Machine could also talk and fly. I, I'm pretty certain that we discovered that the Dream Machine was a machine created by Cadbury's to make dream bars. And then they accidentally created a sentient AI being that then um, evolved beyond making dream bars and then went off to show people dreams. Should we have a look at what your dream was? Your last dream was, Gav? Sure. All right, come, I'm going to come over and put the helmet on you again. Come over there and 
put that on you. Yeah. You didn't make the noise this time. No, I didn't make the noise this time. I mean, it will make the noise because the noise has happened. The noise just happened, no, but you didn't make it with your mouth. This time, no air came out of my I didn't go shh like last time. I'm going to put some buttons. It's a bit tight, though. Could you have to put the strap on so tight? Flick that switch and let's see what. Dream Machine, what <laughs> you tell us? What was Gav dreaming about? <laughs> Why were you dreaming about Denise Richards? I recently watched the movie uh, The World Is Not Enough, mm. in which she plays the character Christmas. And I thought, do you know what? Wait, the character's name is Christmas? Yeah, and at the end of the movie, uh, James Bond says the greatest line ever written for a film. I thought Christmas only came once a year. Uh, that's pretty good. To suggest that he made her come twice, which is obviously fictional because no woman is ever capable of coming a second time. That's It is hard to do. <laughs> dream Machine, you crack me up. Uh, the dream Machine has more energy than Audio Boy. i got to say, I'm watching this Denise Richards ASMR knitting compilation, and it's, I mean, it's interesting, Gav. You, you dreamt her topless, though, and on both of her breasts, it's just Trevor McDonald's face. <laughs> you mean um, uh, ITV News' sweetheart, Trevor McDonald? <laughs> yeah, I don't know why you dreamt that. I just find his face comforting. So sometimes boobs can be a little, like, they can throw you off. You're like, oh my God, boobs. But if you apply Trevor McDonald to something, it's immediately calming. And so sometimes, like, if I'm watching a scary movie, I'll get a wee cut out of Trevor McDonald and I'll put it in like the corner of the TV yeah. and so sometimes <laughs> when you think you're about to get a jump scare Trevor McDonald's there to save you from it so that's a wee tip for you out there ladies and gentlemen if you want to save yourself from being scared during a horror movie just uh, blue tack a wee Trevor McDonald well better than that you can find it on our Shopify shop uh, we've got Trevor McDonald's TV stickers that you can buy branded by Meander Movie Podcast you can get a 5 pack for 10 quid or you can get a uh, 10 pack with a Zac Efron bonus for £25. Weirdly, we also have just Trevor McDonald tea towels. So we've got stickers and tea towels, and that's it. Of Trevor McDonald. That graphic designer didn't understand a fucking word (laughs) we were asking for. I'm pretty sure he wasn't a graphic designer, and he was just graphic. He's just... All it is is Trevor McDonald merch. I don't know, maybe he just was an old client and we've been palmed off. He had a warehouse of Trevor McDonald tea towels and he thought, fuck it, I'm going to give it to those meandering oh, guys. The dream's gone even weirder. Now Denise Richard is spoon-feeding her Trevor McDonald boobs. What's he, it's like that bit in Total Recall. What's he eating? Quickly, Quaid. Start the reactor. <laughs> but it's Trevor McDonald. He's hey, cereal. speaking of Total Recall, um, that was directed by <laughs> Paul Verhoeven, who directed some great 80s... Um, action movies like Robocop and Total Recall. Other great action movies with synonymous characters would be like, would be like <laughs> Dream Machine would be knows his fucking shit. He knows a segue when he when he see when they sense it. Can, can Dream Machine see? Like I think the, the Dream Machine might be omniscient. That's fair. Like a floating... Um, anyway, so Robocop... Uh, this week we're going to talk about movies that fucking shat the bed. Terminator. Gav's fucking segues, but he's taking too fucking long. <laughs> I'm steaming ahead. We're talking about movies that shat the bed. Your aliens, your predators, your terminators, your action... Most action movies, actually, that like, die to death because they are, although enjoyable... Shallow wells. Let's <laughs> let's be honest. Great way of putting it. Those they are shallow wells. They were they were not a deep mind to vein, deep vein to mine, deep, deep mind to vein, deep mi- deep, deep vein to mine. Is that a, the correct term? What was a deep mind to uh, mine? They were. Well, they're not. They just like if you make a movie about a guy shooting a bunch of people because he hates them or because he's an alien or they're a bunch of guys shooting an alien. 
that has nowhere to go. That's it. That's the movie. Yeah. So when you bring me Predator 2, Predators, Alien versus Predator, Alien versus Predator 2, Predators again. The Predator. The Predator. Then Prey. Then Prey. I don't need the remainder of them. I, mean, I could really have done with just the one. You've also got Terminator, Terminator 2, Terminator 3, Terminator Salvation, Terminator Genesize, Terminator... I don't even know. Dark... Dark... Fallen? Fallen? Dark Fate? Dark Fate. Alien, say, aliens, alien, alien 3, alien, alien resurrection, resurrection, alien or AVP, AVP 2, AVP, AVP 2, a Prometheus, Prometheus, Covenant, Covenant, Ark, it's not Ark, Covenant, Prometheus, Covenant. Covenant, and I feel there's another one, there is another one, is there, an, is there another alien movie after the Covenant, or just Covenant, Alien Covenant, what's it called, Alien Covenant, there after is a Covenant, alien, Prometheus and Covenant, 100%, I feel like there's a third, maybe I'm wrong though. I could be wrong. Anyway. I mean, there's also Planet 51. And this planet, canonically, is within the universe with a baby alien. Baby Xenomorph. Baby Xenomorph. And then, um, but yeah, we just, we're going to just discuss it, I guess. Figure out why... What went wrong? <laughs> what, what went wrong? What went wrong? Did you take off a pair of glasses and put on a different pair of glasses just there? Or did yeah. you just take one pair off? You have two pairs of glasses. Yeah, like, I've got a different pair over here. Let me see. Oh, there goes one. There's there the go. second one back. Is it? Cool. There you go. It's fun that the second pair is so, a novelty 2021. <laughs> <laughs> no, it's New 2000. I've got novelty 2004 glasses. I just love the year 2004. Are they prescription? Uh, nope. They make every, they, <laughs> they're actually 3D glasses from when, when I went to see Titanic in 3D, yeah. but it's the red and blue lenses yeah. instead of like the regular lenses. So I watched all of Titanic 3D with a red and blue tinge. Uh, mm -hmm. But it turns out those glasses, which I got when I went to see the 1997 Godzilla movie in 3D, don't actually work for regular 3D movies like yeah, Avatar. Yeah, yeah. So when everyone's like, oh, Avatar is one of the greatest 3D movie experiences you can ever have, I didn't get that because I watched it with the 1997 Godzilla movie. Which with were a 2004 Happy New Year set. Yes. Red and blue tinged. Red and blue tinged. So that's what I've got on currently. Also non-prescription, so you couldn't see shit Non-prescription. Anyway. So, so even movie, if you yeah. could see shit... Even was, if you could see the amazing 3D red and blue effects, you would have been like, wow, these serious effects are great. Yeah. Even if you could see that, which you couldn't, you wouldn't have been able to see it because you can't see shit without your glasses. Opening question I have for one you. One time I came around, sorry, <laughs> listen, one time I came around here, one time I came around here and uh, I knocked on the door and I was, Gavin this is was the like, first time you've ever been in this flat. No, your old flat. Oh, and you were like, don't come in, don't come in. I'm just trying to find my glasses. They've fallen off my face. It was like Velma Dinkley. Yeah. And I let myself in and you were on hands and knees. Is Velma's second name Dinkley? Yeah, Dinkley. What? Patting around the ground and you were wearing this little mini skirt and your pants were showing and you were like, oh, I can't find my glasses. And then eventually you found them and you put them on and you stood up and then there was a ghost in front of you and you went, ah, jinkies. But the reason I wasn't scared is because Trevor McDonald was there and he kept me feeling safe. I don't think he was. So my opening question to you <laughs> for this topic, which we have still not gotten to, I think we've, did we explain it? Is, I just explained it. What the fuck happened to the 80s film? <laughs> what happened to the 80s franchises? Not just one of them, all of them. Yeah, because if you look at Terminator now, with the last one being Dark Total Fate, mess. and you look at the last Alien movie, which was Covenant. I think is Covenant. Uh, and I think it says a lot if we can't remember. Then with Predator, the last, Prey, Prey. was decent. But Back on form. But before that, whoa, so much bad. Back on that, before that was the Predator and then 
There was the other bad Predator film, and then the Predator, no, Predators with Adrian Brody. Yeah. Adrian Brody, you got Predator 1, good, great, Predator 2, good. Then it's AVP 1 and 2. Dog shit. Back Awful to back. movies. Predators Brody. Fine. Okay. okay. Not bad. Like an interesting idea. They did something different, yep. but just didn't really then execute two it. Back to back shitters, right? What was after? So you had. Yeah, The Predator with. Sterling Silver, yeah, like Shane Black directed and wrote and that one. There's another one. one, I'm sure there's another one. No, I think at the end it's Prey, is it? Yeah, and Prey was really good. I would say, like, Prey's very good. Prey's the best Predator movie since the first Predator movie. Yeah, that one you could be like, that's a great movie. Everything else is either really fucking bad or passable <laughs> or middling. Um, but yeah, we're just gonna discuss what the fuck happened to all of these film franchises. Well, I think the what we should do, well, there's so much dust on this. What we should do. We should pinpoint the exact film where it goes to shit. Right. In each French. Right. So we'll do what? Alien, Predator, Terminator, uh, Die Hard. Rambo? Rambo. You know what's funny, actually? I, I feel like that's a bad... Because I was like, yeah, we should pinpoint the exact film they go to shit. I kind of feel like it's after one for most of these. <laughs> <laughs> no, but I feel like with, with some of the sequels, you can be like, do you know what? Not terrible. I can yeah. like... Where is the fucking thing that I wrote down for this? Hold on. It's okay. I'll, I'll vamp a little bit. Um, so, yeah, we're here in California. IA. Uh, the Sunshell Hotel has uh, given us free reign of their lobby. We performed a live show last night to a standing ovation. It was fantastic. Um, it was the first time Gav ever showed off his weird hole in his chest to an audience of more than five people. And then, as a little bonus trick at the end, he scooped some cereal out of it. It was incredible. One of the best nights of my life. Um, yeah. You found your list yet? Should I keep going? Today, we are going to record this podcast. We're then going to go down to the uh, Hollywood Walk of Fame, which I'm very excited to go see. I'm going to put my hands in Donald Trump's teeny tiny little concrete hand prints. Uh, maybe some other ones. Does uh, Bugs Bunny go to Star of Fame? I feel like he does. going to go see Bugs Bunny Star of Fame. Dream Machine? You looking forward to any particular star of fame when we're down there? Liza Minnelli. Does Liza Minnelli go on? I don't know. Dream Machine might know, though. Dream Machine, does Liza Minnelli have one? Dream Machine's got a little beach ball I think spinning they, on its screen right now. I think Dream Machine's updating. <laughs> <laughs> Should we turn, up, turn Dream Machine off and turn it back on? Yeah, hold on. I'll, I'll, I'll flick the switch. And I'll flick it back on. The engine is still Three, two, one. Okay. Dream Machine, do you have a favorite? If you were going to go to the Hollywood Walk of Fame, you've got a... Alan Alder. <laughs> <laughs> no way Alan Alder's got a Hollywood star. I can dream. <laughs> you can Do dream. you dream a dream of time gone by? Um. <laughs> Fucking hate you so much. The list is going to be Terminator, Aliens, uh, uh, Predator, Die Hard, uh, Rambo, do you know what I was talking about the other day? Oh my god, what? What are the rules surrounding genies? 
We've talked about this before. We have never spoken We've about this We've absolutely before. spoken about well, this ro- before. Right, fine. What did we speak about before? Uh, that you don't do the whole, um, I want more wishes. No, I'm not talking about... They're the, they're the given rules around genies. What I'm talking about is, one, if you're a genie, you are confined to a little space. Mm. Agreed? Yeah. How big is the space? Uh, is it not- I Dream of Genie has like a little room. Yeah. But the genie from Aladdin complains about being cramped. So, like, so, then, so the rule one, what is the rule surrounding your lodgings in a lamp as a genie? Is it not just whatever you end up getting um, cursed and put into? So you don't well, really no, have a choice. Because, so, again, I dream of genie. She's, she's in that lamp or a bottle, I think. I think it's a lamp. But it's, like, quite nice in her lamp. Because the times that she shrinks people down and goes in there, yeah. she's got, like, a bed. She's got some doilies, like a little duvet. But, she's got but a it wardrobe. seemed like she had a good run of it, whereas um, Genie from Aladdin was kind of, uh, was more cursed, you know? Yeah, but he complains about, like, he's like, ultimate cosmic power, itty-bitty living space. So it's obviously, it's, it's a small space to live in. But that brings me to my second point. How much magic can the Genie use themselves? Well, I'm, I'm assuming their magic is confined to doing it for other people, not no, but them. It's absolutely not, because think about Aladdin's genie. He's fucking shape-changing. He gets Aladdin out because he's because of his pride. First wish, that's not a wish. Aladdin's like, well, you don't look like a strong genie. I bet you can't get us out of this cave. And, and the genie goes, I can get you out of this fucking cave. And he's like, mm, you look like a piss-poor shit genie. And the genie goes, fuck you. And zoops him out the cave. And then he's like, right, there you go. Wish one, done. Fucker, what's your next two wishes? And Aladdin goes, <laughs> actually, I didn't say the words, I wish, genie. And the genie's like, no, oh, fucking got me. I, I still have three wishes left. I feel like that still um, powers or genie powers are directed towards the person. Okay. Not, not- what about when the genie turns into Jack Nicholson? But that's still. Is that, is that magic for Aladdin's benefit? Yeah, that's in service. It's not for Aladdin's benefit. No, no, He's doing a bit. That's in service of Aladdin. It's you know? doing a bit. I think. Aladdin's not even there to see the bit. He does it to the camera. No, but Aladdin's there, is he not? No. When, when the genie is playing chess with the magic carpet and the magic carpet checkmates him or something. Something goes wrong on the chessboard and the genie looks to camera and then turns into Rodney Dangerfield and goes, oh yeah, I'm going to beat him by a rug. Not this again. It's incredible. <laughs> it's a great fucking your, bit. Your impression is even better. <laughs> it's a great bit. My point being, Aladdin's not like, Good one, genie. Aladdin's off getting his dick sucked by Jasmine or something. He's nowhere, he's nowhere about. He, so the genie's not doing it for Aladdin. He's just doing it. And because he doesn't know he's in a film, the genie's just doing it for a bit. How much magic can a genie use on themselves? All of it? Do they have access, like, unlimited access? But they just have to go back to the, 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 their, like, their, their lodgings at the end of the day? Do you want to start with Terminator? Do you want to start with Alien? Do I want to get to the bottom of the genie problem. Why? Because it's because I was talking about it the other day, and I'm interested. Who are you talking to it about? Dave. Then, is he on this podcast? <laughs> is Dave here on this podcast right now? Is Dave the dream machine? No, Dave's not the dream. The dream machine's the dream machine. The dream machine's not anybody. It's their, they're their own person. So go speak to fucking Dave about it. I don't care about your genie shit. It's because you don't know, isn't it? Just say you don't know. It's okay. I don't know. Tree machine. How much magic would you say that a genie can use on themselves? Oh my God. 37 gigawatts. 37 gigawatts of magic. There you go. <laughs> I love that um, Dream Machine quantifies everything in like units of power. <laughs> everything of, is power. That's a lot of wish power. 
Dream Machine, what's been your favourite dream that you've ever had? That <laughs> beach ball's back up. Stinking. Why does Dream Machine not acknowledge my existence? <laughs> <laughs> Why is it Dream Machine only responds you to you? The keeper of the machine. Who oh. is the keeper of the machine then? I'm the keeper, baby. Why do you get to be the keeper of the machine? I brought the machine. I brought Dream Machine. You did not. Dream Machine crashed through my roof. After I brought the Dream Machine to the apartment and then Dream Machine went off for a month or a week or however long we've decided that we tell the listeners that these episodes are recorded. Uh, When you think experience life for that amount of time. Do you think your relationship with Dream Machine is kind of like a... um, I love how you were trying to get me back on track and now you're happy talking about fucking Dream Machine endlessly. Because Dream Machine is my favorite new part of this podcast. Dream Machine is a great addition. I I want to do next week or month or minutes after we finish this one when Dream Machine's no longer with us. I'm going to be very sad. We'll have to figure out what happens to the Dream Machine at the end of this episode. I mean, Dream Machine's technically always always with us, you know. <laughs> um, what I want to know is: is your relationship with Dream Machine like a Stockholm syndrome relationship, where you've forced Dream Machine to spend so much time in your dreams that Dream Machine thinks that they like being with you, rather, but instead they're kind of like in service and trapped with you. Like a genie? Yeah. So much for another thing. <laughs> <laughs> I have pretty boring dreams. I do not dream... Like, my dreams are mostly just me doing shit. I don't fly my dreams. I don't have, like, crazy super dreams. You know what I mean? Mm. The, the, I, like, not 90%. <laughs> However, as Dream Machine said, I will say that, so of 100% of dreams, 30% of them are just me doing boring shit. Uh-huh. 70% of me is, is absolute sexy porno dreams. Do you know what's funny is um, how much, like for example, uh, at some point you airplayed your phone to my TV mm. and without there even being a breath, the first thing that came up on my TV was a naked woman. <laughs> like there was just no like, it wasn't like, a, oh, he was looking at... <laughs> Uh, a funny meme, or maybe had like his, you know te- even better about his that? text messages up. It's just like it wasn't just- even a naked woman. That was a naked. I suppose it was a naked woman. Actually, just before I put myself in it, that was a naked woman with a, a large penis. Right, okay. <laughs> and that literally the first thing that came up on my TV. I got rid of it quick enough that you didn't notice the penis, which is, I suppose, a good thing. <laughs> yeah, but I just love that, like. You're, of course your dreams are boring because your daily life is so chaotic <laughs> that, that your brain your brain just needs a chance to like enjoy a bit of simplicity and normality. My brain is just like, holy shit, he's, he's, we have control. He's finally asleep. We can just enjoy quiet for a bit. <laughs> Earlier you showed us a slideshow of pictures you took with your wife in which you turned into a monkey and she walked out of frame. That's <laughs> a great fucking photo. Set. It's great. Monkeys are great. Hannah loves monkey. I don't think that's true. Well, I love monkey. Well, no, you love monkey. <laughs> so, would you like to start with Terminator? Would you like to start with Alien? Would you like to start? <laughs> Which one would you like to start with? Let's do Alien. I've just recently watched Alien and most of Predator. So, let's go. <sighs> uh, are we trying to make this one a shorter episode? Because we spent so much time f- fucking talking about old rock face last episode. We're currently 25 minutes in. Cool. We'll, we'll, we'll fart this out in 30 minutes. <laughs> Just what the audience wants to hear. It's been a stellar opening, in fairness. We're still in the cold open, I think. <laughs> Play the intro. Intro. It's the Adrian Movies. It's the Adrian Movies. It's the Adrian Movies. Won't you lend me? Um, yeah, let's, 
do Alien. So Alien, what is? What are we tackling, actually? What's the question we're tackling? What happened? Like, why? Yeah, what happened to these franchises? Because if you think about it, the Alien franchise, the Terminator franchise, Die Hard, like all these big action franchise monster movie, like, like they, they sci-fi all, they horror. They all got shit before they tried revitalizing them. That's what's interesting. They, I feel they just got absolutely rinsed because they made so much money. They're just like, let's like pulverize these into the ground, mm. make our money while we can, and then f- fuck it, who cares? Because that was very much the, I mean, it's still the model now, but it's definitely the model then. I'm just like, we've got a thing. Let's just run, run with, with it, it and not stop until people are really fucking done with it. And I feel like with the Alien movies, when you get to Alien Resurrection... People, slight resurrection. I know you like resurrection. I think it is fuck. I think Alien Three is great. Um, I think Alien- I, I gotta say after my my recent rewatch, I will concede that Alien Three is far better than I remember. Yeah, I get Alien when- Four is also far worse than I remember. Yes, it is. But it's also Alien Four just has this bonkers charm. I remember that when uh, the the response. Well, I guess I was too young at the time, but like later on, the response to Alien Three was like, Ugh, didn't really enjoy it. It was a bit kind of plodding and dull and I get that because it followed Aliens and Aliens is one of the greatest action movies of all time so if you follow up that with another kind of like slow mysterious like Alien dark, 3 goes back to Alien 1 yeah You've got Charles Dance you got uh, the little French fella it's um, the story of Alien 3 is fascinating where it's like the it was in production hell for ages it moved productions from was it James Vanderhoven no it was not uh, Paul Verhoeven no or Jam, James James van der Oven. Um It was like a we. They got like this French guy at one point to come in, yeah. and he he was going to have it all set on a wood planet, and like everything was going to be. He had these incredible sets built, and it was going to be trees in the shape of planets made out yeah. of wood, and it was weird. And the studio like this is too expensive, and we don't get it. Like we want that weird like dark industrial, ma- yeah, industrial dark stuff. And then at some point they ended up with David Fincher. Uh, That's it, David Fincher. I was going to say David Ridley. And so David Fincher kind of was giving them what they wanted, including the script, but the cinematographer, I think that's his last movie he directed. He died before the film could finish. Mm. David Fincher was continuously fighting with Fox because Fox didn't know what they wanted, but they kept saying, oh, we want this and that and this. Uh, He took his name off that movie, didn't want credit for it. Um, He he still hates it. He says it's the worst experience of his life, and that's why he's become the director he is. He's like, I'm no longer a studio director. I'm a me director. Uh, and you can see that when you watch it. The movie's a bit of a mess, but because David Fincher's helm in it, it's still pretty fucking good. And I love going back to it. Like, if you watch the behind the scenes of how they made Alien 3, it might be even better than watching Alien 3. Mm. Either watch that, then watch mm. the movie, or watch the movie, then watch that. But then you get to Alien 4 Resurrection, and they did bring in a Frenchman. And this Frenchman didn't understand anything about this franchise, I feel like. And they made the most 90s fucking alien movie you could ever imagine. Ron Perlman, Winona Ryder. It's Sigourney Weaver. It's weird schlock. It's crazy. It's crazy schlock. It's it's like a campy 90s sweaty super campy, super sci-fi sweaty. horror. Your event horizons and such. Those type of the movies. The underwater scene. Underwa- which feels like should be good. Sucks. Just sucks so much. It also feels like just as the movie gets going, they're like, oh, I guess we're going to wrap things up. And then they get to the Sigourney Weaver like um, clone Humalian. And that's when- Humalian's great. That, Humalian, yeah. I would defend. So hum- the rest of the film is just so, like you're right, plodding along and it kind of sucks balls and it just does not hold up to even Alien 3. It which- just feels like a lot of movies would seen that. 
Yeah. Than that, that but then is. the Humanian comes in, at least it's fucking weird and doing something. It looks so weird. You're like, I mean, it's terrible design, but it kind of like, I love it's it. For, I love it for that. I'm, I will, I think this is where I was defending it from before. The Humanian on, Humanian to the end of the film is a fucking solid. It's like, it's little like distended tummy and, and it's, it's weird, weird legs and the and nose thing. And it makes the weak <laughs> noises and Sigourney Weaver's like licking it and stuff. And you're just like, what's going on here? And, and then sucked out and sucked through a teeny hole. It just, Dead's death scene's fucking dynamite. Oh, horrible, yeah. But like a good horrible. But I think by the time you get to Alien 4, people are just like, right, we get this alien thing now. It's, oh, there's going to be an egg. Yeah. Guess what? Someone's going to wander in and get the egg in their face. <laughs> That's the thing. Uh, <laughs> extreme machine. <laughs> uh, and people are just like, oh, we get this now. We get what alien is. You're not doing anything. New. You're just putting people in a scenario and unleashing either one alien or 50 aliens. And then that's that's it. That's what it became. And people like, were bored of this. And it was the same. I guess Predator had a different route. Predator was like... Predator's route was, we're going to show you one film and then surprise, it's a Predator movie. And that's the fucking... That is the formula they should have stuck with forever. Like they went the, back to it with Prey, but then they fucked it by announcing it was a Predator film before it comes yeah, out. Yeah, they should have never done that. But then I get it because how like how and else... Jamar if I'd seen yeah. Prey on anything and just been like, oh, it's like a Native American film, I'm not fussed about that. I th- I just, I think, you know what I mean? Like, I think it's more like it's it just... It doesn't look like anything. Jesus Christ, Dream Machine just opened its microwave door the <laughs> widest I've ever seen it. Holy moly. <laughs> but Predator does the thing where it's like, first one, one of the greatest movies ever made. I watch it every year. I love it. John McTiernan. Doesn't need the alien spaceship opener. For fair. Take that Take that one scene out. Predator yeah. is, I mean, it's already incredible, but it makes it so much better. Predator 2 then pulls the same trick where it's like, it's a cop movie. It's, it's a buddy cop movie. It's, Myrtle's, he's too old for but this we shit. marketed it so much that you all know it's Predator 2 and we released it Christmas Day 1991 <laughs> so what? you know and then all the remaining Predators no because then it's Alien vs Predator right After yeah because Predator 2 did the thing where it was like hey what if there are also xenomorphs in this universe and then they well, show it's, it's just that easter egg it's there's, well there's also been... the the musket easter egg easter egg where they show a musket and it says 1971 on it and it's like right. they've been coming here forever that's the musket that's in prey later on oh, fun okay. little thing but yeah then i think predator went into just like um development hell where all of the stuff they kept trying to do they're like oh we'll just make it into a comic book because we don't have the money or yeah, yeah, people yeah. are dropping out the studio doesn't know what it well, wants I, to do so i rewatched as i've said we rewatched alien versus predators one and two recently as well so the first alien versus predator is just boring like it's it is even more action filmy than the uh, alien 4 Do- just doesn't hold it. it's so boring the predators turn up like the aliens are there you never really know who's the bad guy who's a good guy None of the humans are likable. They're all so empty. They're so, yeah, so boring. And it's just naff, right? But it, but you kind of get to the end of it and you go, all right, you know what? Fine, I get it. I get it. It was like a cash grab. Aliens versus Predators, whatever. Um, then Aliens vs. Predator 2, which is the darkest movie. It's impossible to see. It's imp- But I read up. I was like, what? I, I couldn't. I remember watching it as a kid and thinking, I can't remember seeing this. I just thought it was my shit DVD player in my bag. Yes. Uh, Some people went to the cinema and like, turn the fucking lights up. What's yeah, going on like here, people? My fucking CRT TV. Um, I, I read into it recently. So the reason it's so dark is because the guys, it was two brothers that got the license and got brought in to make it. And they were like, yeah, we, we were trying to make it. But one, the budget was shit. Two, all of the Predator suits just looked super cheap. Yeah, I think they were like old 
hand-me-downs from previous ones that had just gotten tired and like... So the, the reason we made it super dark is not a fuck-up. It did it on purpose because if it was any brighter than that, you would see how shit everything looks. But they just went too far too on far. the dial and it's dumb. I know that for AVP and AVP2, those were movies where like Fox were trying for ever to do this they were like the whole of the 90s are just like we're trying to fucking do this alien vs predator. predator and then when they finally did it an avp yeah, like you said came out no interesting characters the suits for the predators just look big and clunky and terrible and then when they finally have an alien versus a predator it's over in like 30 seconds mm-hmm. and then it's just like oh now we're just gonna watch these people plod around for a while and then an alien a predator is gonna fight a queen and you thought oh that'll be really cool and the fight's over in 30 seconds. And you're just like, this was boring. And then <laughs> the thing about the characters is, when you watch the first Predator, what that movie does great is it's like, here's all of our characters. They're very defined. They're very individual. And they're all bigger than life. You've got Arnold Schwarzenegger, for example. You look at Alien. Here are all of our characters. They're very defined. They're all individuals. They all have their own characters. You go for all of them. You get to AVP, and it's like, Here's a bunch of scientists. You can't tell one from the other. Yeah. Uh, and there's a lady here's scientist. Here's Leyland Yutani. Yeah, remember him from the first Alien movie? He's here. Then Alien vs. Predator 2 is even more insane because it's like it's in a teenagers. backwater town. Yeah. yeah. So it's like a, the sheriff and a teenager. Which then Predator made their thing because other than Predators with Brody, the one after that is like another backwater town. I need to check it because there's another. I'm sure there's another Predator. But the Predator is like another podunk backwater town, right? Yeah. Um, and so then AVP kind of killed both of those franchises for a while yeah. and then when they came back with Alien it was instead a prequel directed by Ridley Scott again called Prometheus in which they were like it's not an Alien movie until it turns out it is an Alien movie yeah. but it's not good everyone's dumb it looks fucking great because it's a really yeah, Scott movie. The is nice, so it's at least nice to watch. But all, these, all the scientists act in the dumbest fucking ways possible. You spend more time being like, why are you doing that when you can just do this? And then the amount of convoluted steps to make even something even remotely alien. It's, so what... <laughs> I think... I don't know if I've ever told you about it, but this, the actual steps that were required to make an alien in that film. So you go to the planet. Yeah. You breathe in... Spores? Spores or space dust or something. Then there's those wiggly eel things. Yeah, which attach to your face. They also have to... So you need to, one, breathe in the spores, and two, have the the, the alien eel wrap around you. Yes. Or you can have the fucking android feed you a fucking black egg, which also kind of turns you into an yeah, alien. Yeah, like the black goo, that turns you into something. Which then... You, but, but that's... You don't turn into anything. You then have to have sex with your na- native species. Yes. Which your black goo will then impregnate them so that the, that thing can then give birth to a queen alien. Does it not? Does she not? Does the thing that... Is, <gasps> does the thing that she's impregnated by... It's like a face hugger, but like a giant face hugger. It's like the giant squid. Which is like a face hugger, because then it... Remember, it then imprints on the... And then, then that the next thing has a, a xenomorph come xenomorph out. Xenomorph come out. So it's just like, the, yeah, like you said, the steps to get there, and <laughs> it everything is just so dumb. But it's nice to look at, and you're just confused. And then, then they came out. It was it was it was really Scott that came back for that, wasn't it? Yeah, so he came and directed that. And Scott was like, "Oh, it's this, because it's not an alien. I know it looks like an alien, but it's not a it's not a xenomorph. Like, it's not an alien movie." But what the fuck is this then? But then it just turns out it, it is an alien and then movie. Covenant, 
And then, so then, like, yeah, oh, now so, it is an actual alien. Because yeah, Prometheus was just called Prometheus, but then the follow-up was called Alien Covenant. And what's <laughs> the Dream Machines found joy in your TV screensaver, like a small animal? I didn't know that was a thing. Um, oh wait, the Dream Machines also gone into screensaver mode. It's matching the TV. <laughs> Are they? It's trying to communicate. What the fuck? Dream oh, what's that weird? It's like arm coming out of it. Why is it so fleshy? <laughs> oh no. Dream Machine's got excited. It's going closer and closer to the TV, Gav. Oh, it's trying to Oh my god, there, there's a port I didn't know my TV that's opened up. Dream Machine has, has made contact with the TV and now the two are making fireworks. <laughs> Alright, we'll let that play out. Um, yeah, and then the next one was, <laughs> the next one was Alien Cover. Where they're just like, yeah, fuck it, this is actually they're just alien movies. It's and an in, alien movie. And this one it turned And then David's there again. So yeah, David Fastbender, Fast and it turns out that um, he is the one that makes the the aliens. Yeah, like he makes the eggs that then make the um, through the face huggers. Yeah, manipulation. And then, so it, it's just a situation where you're like, oh, the greatest thing about the first Alien movie is you just find a random ship. It's just a crazy on a planet. Predator. There's an egg, and it has a really simplified but brilliant genius way of making itself. And you know nothing of how it got there, what's going on. And then for Prometheus and Covenant, it's like, oh, well, here's how it happened. Yeah. Turns out the sand drug guy did it all. And you're like, why would you take that away from these movies? Like, the the mystery is the greatest part of, like, where did they come yeah, from? Yeah, because it also explains all, like, the space jockey shit. Yeah. Space, it explains away everything. And everything. You're, and you're just like, no one wanted Ghost that. But then we got the Ridley Scott Alien TV show coming out, so mm. apparently he's going to save the universe or something. I don't... Bit. Yeah. Alien... Alien shits the bed after Alien 3. Like, royally fucks it after Alien 3. I remember after Alien Covenant, because I love this franchise. I literally have, uh, like, uh, H.R. Geiger's stuff, like, tattooed on my arm. I love the Alien movies. But with Alien Covenant, I'm just like, I'm done. Like, yeah. fuck this. These are terrible. And get really Scott away from them. Because at one point, Neil Blomkamp was going to come in, and he was going to do a sequel to Aliens, and Sigourney Weaver was going to come back, and Michael Beam was going to come back. And then really Scott was like, no, I want to do my Alien Covenant movie instead. And so then that just got panned. Yeah. Neil Blomkamp was also going to come back and do a Robocop movie. Then that got panned. Neil Blomkamp was probably going to do a Predator movie at some point. Neil that Blomkamp got panned. Just keeps fucking... And then what did Neil Blomkamp end up doing? Gran Turismo, the, P- the PlayStation's uh, advertisement movie. Um, yeah, Predator Predator had the... Predator fell away from their original concept, which is... I And I... I again, say it again. They should have just stuck with... Choose a genre film 30 minutes of that like it's the genre you've chosen be yeah. like war cop movie uh you could, like high school you know what i mean like anything and really lean into the genre and then bam fuck it, it's a predator film surprise like imagine you do like a future-esque like blade runner like movie where it's like oh it's gonna be like a really scott's blade runner and it's got these neon lights and flying cars and it's really fucking amazing really cool and then at one moment uh someone like there's these guys running down the streets causing crimes and a spear that we recognize hits them to the wall and you hear that uh, like noise and you're like oh fuck this is actually a predator movie but it's in like the blade runner looking kind of universe because give me it if if they had committed and they didn't like could you imagine a world where every film you go and see has the potential to maybe be a predator movie you go to watch pride and prejudice and it turns out it was a predator movie what a fucking great idea that would be i like i i would the dream machine just say weekend dream (laughs) yeah what does that mean 
Oh, I thought you said weekend dream. Like, oh, it's weekender. It's like that's that's like the perfect weekend. You know, what a dream. <laughs> that's what I thought. Dream machine, man. <laughs> <laughs> the dream machine's having a real good time with the TV. <laughs> He's having a dream right now. Um, I, I just, I just, I would fucking love like, just going to see like Pitch Pitch Perfect Four and being like, oh, fucking, like I can't believe it's the fourth Pitch Perfect, but the wife wants to see it. They're about to hit the high bang, note. It's fucking Predator film. <laughs> yeah, w- with Predators, like Predator one and two, fine. Predators, fine. The Predator, awful. Apparently, autism makes you an alien. Um, sign. You can speak alien languages. And then Prey comes out, and you're like, it told you, it told you it's a Predator movie, and you're like, all right, cool. And then you go to watch it, and it's, it's like, so oh, it's just like, what if we took a Predator, put him in the 1700s, and it's like a Native American tribe thinking that it's like a demon that's yeah. come to kill them, and they just have to fight it. It's fucking great. Prey is a great film. They're bringing it back. Predator is bringing it back. I have hope for the alien film, because they, they've kind of, met, hopefully the next whatever it is. I mean, yeah, the, the easiest fix for Predator is like you say. Just do anything but put a predator in it. The fix for Alien, though, I feel is more difficult because the fix for Alien is unfortunately slow it down, bring it, take it back to one on one. Like it's what it's what we care about. Aliens is a fun break, but the reason Alien and the reason Predator works is because it's a group of people fighting something which is which they're up against the odds of. I don't give a fuck. I don't care. I don't care if, if you have a chance of beating it. I want I want there to be a slim chance, but I want I want it to be shown that it's incredibly powerful because it's killed off the majority of the cast, and then the final person beats it in an ingenious way, not in so a fist tech, fight yeah, or a all the technology and blah blah blah. Yeah, I want them to be like all, all I have is like the, the the first alien. The reason it works is because she she resorts back to the primordial fucking piece of technology, which is fire. Yeah. Granted, through a flamethrower. Same with Predator. Yeah. Like, Aaron Schwarzenegger just goes back to using, like, wooden spikes and fire. Like, it's, it's fucking... You have to... You know, the... Oh. You gotta revert back to defeat the future. And I also feel like... The problem with Alien is... I love Alien. I love Aliens. Great fucking movies. But I think it jumped the ship too quickly. Yeah. When it went from... Here's the slow, dread, psychological sci-fi horror movie. What's the next one? It's a balls-to-the-wall fucking action movie and you've got 70,000 aliens. You're like, all right, well, where do we go from here? Well, we've kind of done it all now. Like, we've had one alien and we've had 50 aliens, but there's nothing really... And when you've got such a simplified kind of genetic system for your your villain and you've laid those rules out, it's kind of difficult to move outside of that. The, the easiest way they move out of it is, yeah, an alien just keeps getting new animals. Alien gets into a fucking wolf. Holy fuck, that's terrifying again. Yeah, like, what does that look like if a xenomorph takes over a wolf? There's your interesting hook. It's the same film, but you just have a different xenomorph. An alien gets into a fucking space scorpion, which is the size of a cow. That's horrific. Or a spider, you know what I mean? Like, yeah, like, what does that look like? I guess right. you could you could also do the predator idea of you can have, like, this... Uh, like, that new Gareth Edwards movie with... Um, the, um, What's it called? I can't remember. It's got John David Washington. It's all about AI and androids and stuff. Imagine you take a movie that's like that. It's coming out soon, I think. Um, it's like future, different planet. Seems like a like a utopia. And then uh, people are just going about. And then out of nowhere, Xenomorph just comes crashing in. It's like, oh, how do we deal with this? You ever seen the comics? You ever read any alien comics? No. Pretty much all the alien comics are. All the alien comics are like um, landers on a planet that are going to terraform a new planet land they're from earth but it's ten thousand years in the future they find an alien egg and now they have to survive against it like like 90 percent of the comics are all that what makes the first film so good yeah i guess the best thing you can do for an alien movie is change the environment yeah because 
the first, second, it's, it's third. It's kind of what works. It's the same with Predator. Like, it's, it's change the environment. It's all you really... Change up the environment, give us different characters with different um, issues. Because every Alien movie is more or less an industrialised metal complex. Yeah. And then with Predator, it's more or less um, we're, we're out in the suburbs, we're out in the woods, you know? Apart from also Predator 2, which is great. Then you got Terminator... And yeah, I, feel I was like, going to say, we need to move on from the Alien films. I feel like Terminator... Um, Terminator had a, again, two good films. Simplified concept, nice and easy. But the problem is, with that simplified concept, what more can you do with it? It's funny, though, isn't it? Because it's a simplified concept, except it's not, because it's got time travel. Yeah, the time travel makes it more complex. But the problem is, they take that simplified concept of machine comes back in time to kill Lady to stop a future war. And then that turns into, like... But now the future has these um, weird genetic modified Terminator bodysuit things. And it's just like, and actually Kyle Reese is a Terminator. And at the time, they're going into a different timeline. You're just like, no, none of this. That fucked me off in the later Terminator. You've always, you've always maintained it's a single timeline. It's yeah. It's a closed loop. You now are breaking out and going to a new fucking dimensional timeline. Fuck off. I guess it's like... If- if the structure of your story is, oh, this Terminator comes to kill Sarah Connor, fails. Cool, what do we do the second one? Well, it comes for John Connor. Fails. Done. Easy. What's it going to do for the third one? It's going to come for John Connor again. It's like, all right, great. I'm glad we've already run out of ideas. What about the fourth one? John Connor's probably just going to be another Terminator in the future. It's like, wow, okay, so we're still doing John Connor's doing stuff. What about the fifth one? Well, it's not coming for John Connor this time. He actually died already. Um, so because I'm just ignoring Genesis for a moment. But we're going to have the same Terminator from the second one. Sarah Connor's going to come back and be fucking miserable. And it turns out it wants to kill this other girl because she's now a John Connor's wife or something. And you're just like, can we get away from the John Connor thing? It's a tricky one, though, because you can't. Like, what? <laughs> but salvation... What? Skynet, Skynet has always been, like, the reason that we get fucked is because John Connor... Carl Reese fucks Sarah Connor, has John Connor. John Connor is the head of the rebellion. So they ha- there is no story outside that. But what? But you can do something of just like, we, we take Terminator Salvation, mm-hmm. we go away from the John Connor stuff, and we're like, let's go to a different story. We're like, say it's a... It's a oh, like give us a Rogue One. Like, the humans don't win, but it's just an interesting story. Or it's, you, you make it an alien movie, but with Terminator, we're like, these people are trapped in this... Uh, uh, big apartment building and there's a Terminator but it's damaged one of its legs are fucked so it's slower but it's still out there and we have to get out of this building before it kills make like um, the Carl Urban Dread movie but with a Terminator I you're his, on the top level and Terminator is the bottom level you gotta get past it that's good just something uh, like that you know I like that here's, here's my make it 90 minutes sorry sorry Dream Machine um, here's my fix for what, what, what would I want Alien yes Predator yes I'll take Terminator in there as well. Just smash all the universe together. Fuck it. We like we're so we're already past True. We, we're already past ruining any of these individual things. So just go for a big fat fucking blowout. All the classic 80s, put them in one film, have it Alien versus Predator versus Terminator versus John McClane versus Ash from the Evil Dead. Fuck it, yeah. Fuck it. Cuz the do um uh, Space Jam: A New Legacy, but with like eighties yeah. action movie characters. I, like, like you're not going to ruin any of these things, so why the fuck not? And then have a random scene where Michael B. Jordan shows up. It, it turns out it's the wrong Jordan, and he leaves. <laughs> have the exact same scene from Space Just do the Jam exact same legacy. joke. 
It's the best part of that movie when they're like, oh, we need. By far the best bit of that. Michael Jordan's here. And it's like, oh, no, it's Michael B. Jordan. He's like, why the fuck am I? Sorry, wrong one. Off you go. Great joke. They clearly couldn't get Michael Jordan to pay. They could afford him, right? They could not afford Michael Jordan. (laughs) Michael Jordan was like, oh, what's the budget of your movie? It's like, oh, it's um, like 120. He's like, cool, that's how much I want. He's like, oh, you want the entire budget of the movie, Michael? He's like, yep. He's like, okay, maybe not. Why is your TV bulging out now? Like it's full of something. I think it's got like a little dream sack in it. Why is the dream machine vibrating so much? Looks like the dream machine's about to go back in time. <laughs> Holy shit, the dream machine just disappeared. Dematerialized. What the fuck? Well, we'll see what crazy adventure the dream machine's been on in a little bit, I guess. I wonder what he's off to. Maybe it's off to like the 1700s. I reckon cowboy times. Cowboy times. I feel like Dream Machine would thrive in the cowboy times. <laughs> Why would Dream Machine thrive in cowboy times? Why wouldn't the Dream Machine? It's like him and the DeLorean just in a... Um, <laughs> Maybe the Dream Machine's gone back to cowboy times to have sex with the DeLorean after <laughs> fucking the TV. <laughs> <laughs> It turns out the dream machine just wants to travel through time and fuck different bits of technology. <laughs> it's going to fuck a DeLorean, a Terminator, <laughs> dream your, your TV. Dream machine. <laughs> I, like how, I like how the dream machine started on the lowest possible run. <laughs> Gavin's TV and it's now going for sci-fi hijinks. Gavin's TV, which just has a screensaver playing on it. <laughs> um, Die Hard. So I suppose Die Hard and Rambo and Rocky are the other like so we've done like the sci-fi side of yeah. shit. Maybe the action movies. The problem with Die Hard is after the first one, your concept is already done. Mm-hmm. Because the second one is just like, oh, what if he's stuck in an airport with terrorists? And then the third one's like, what if he's yeah. stuck in New York with terrorists? After the, after the so the, the, the your your selling point, your factor from Die Hard One is that Bruce Willis's John McClane was a likable down to earth. Stuck. Semi semi yeah. unkillable hero, and he is trapped in a, a skyscraper with terrorists. Go it's like that's that's all you need. But with a so set- then like two comes along and it's like, right, we can't do the building anymore. Well, so let's do the same concept, but in a different building, airport. and it's an airport. Not as fun, but you still got you still got John McClane doing his usual shtick, which is fun. It's cool, like it. Then three comes along and you mix it up. You give him a buddy cop. Uh, three was the best attempt at a refresh which is like you said let's do a buddy cop who would make his buddy fucking Samuel Jackson the two of them he's got a buddy in each of the other ones right but they're always like talking over the radio yeah it's never like like a full on actual it's not like a buddy cop we're on this adventure together and then three comes along as the full on buddy and they're like it's all happening in New York and it's the Simon Says stuff and it's fucking great and I love three three's good but then you get to four and it's like, oh, it's all over the US. Yeah, it's, we're doing the buddy cop thing again, but this time it's Justin Long who's a hacker. And the whole joke is, oh, John McClane's old now and doesn't get technology. And that's the whole movie. And it's just like... I've never seen him. Die Hard 4, four and 5. Didn't watch him. Oh, and then 5 is he's in Russia with his son and it's dark, it's boring, the action's old CGI and he just keeps making... He also just becomes an obnoxious American tourist where he's just running over Russian cars with a tank at one point going, oh, sorry guys. And you're like, he's the bad guy in the movie now. He's just killing innocent <laughs> Russian civilians. Obviously now we're not big Russia fans because they're um, bombing another country. Well, and- well, it's not Russia we're not a fan of. It's old Putin... Yeah. Vladimir Putin on the Ritz. But it's just like, in that movie, John McClane goes to Russia and becomes the bad guy. <laughs> You're just like, what is this? Why are we doing this? And obviously at that time, Bruce... I, feel, I actually feel like the action films have fared worse than the sci-fi films because Rocky... We had three... Uh, we had three good Rocky films. 
but they're, they're like what seven or eight in total. Rocky, Rocky. Are we including Creed with the Rocky movies? Because I would say the best thing they did about Rocky was do Creed. Was do Creed. Well, then yeah, I, I, we, we actually we will because I think Creed Creed is doing what they should have done for all, everything, which is you've got your formula fine, loosely tie it or quite obviously tie it to the original films, but yeah. just do something new. And also get in a director with a really strong voice to mm. give a different kind of take. Because getting, um, oh, I've forgotten his name. That's embarrassing. Michael B. Jordan. The director of Black Panther and um, um, Creed 1. Michael B. Jordan? No. Thank you. A voice from beyond the the time grave um, spoke through to us. I think it sounded like the dream machine. Uh, Ryan Coogler, like he came in with Creed, and he really just uh, took it in a whole different direction with like the presentation, the visuals, the character. Like let's put this character in a different kind of setting, refreshed it, but also kept um, Rocky there as kind of that kind of staple to the old, so he could look back to the old but have the new, and it's so fucking good. Um, I, but it's something that I think Die Hard was gonna try to do that mm. with the fifth one where they brought, um, or whatever that actor is who played like Boomerang and the Suicide Squad and stuff. They brought him in as like son. And it was like, oh, we're gonna spin off and we're gonna do one yeah. with the son now. But the movie's so bad and the son character's so boring and it's just a <laughs> nobody cares. It's just a retread of yeah, pretty much Die Hard Four with, with Justin Long. You're like, oh, I. I don't want any more of this. The whole reason Die Hard worked was because of Bruce Willis's charismatic John McClane delivery. And if he's too old and fucked now, just like, let, yeah. it, let it die. It's, it's kind of like doing an Indiana Jones movie where your actor is so old he's not capable of playing the character. I'm going to get to Indiana Jones at the end of this because I have I have I have thoughts. Um, Rocky, Rocky, yeah, Rocky up and man, Rocky's not done too bad actually. Rambo is the other one which has officially. I think Rambo kind of fucked it after Rambo 1, to be but, honest. Like, but Rocky's the movie where, like, after Rocky 4, there's nothing more you can do because he's beaten everyone. Yeah. He's beaten communism. And then, and then it's like, oh, who, who will have him fight in Rocky 5? Just another boxer. Just another boxer. Like, well, then what? Why? Like, yeah, like, like you, 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 they, keep, they kept upping the stakes in Rocky, and then they got to a point where it's like, we need to deflate this a bit because it's ridiculous. Because in Rocky 3, it's like, oh, we've got Mr. T... And he's literally punching through concrete walls. <laughs> now, maybe it was the concrete they've been re- using in a public service buildings recently that just crumbles. I don't know. But he was punching through concrete walls. Where do you go from that, you know? And then you yeah. get fucking um, Dolph London, Russia, the biggest thing. He kills Apollo Creed, for fuck's sake. <laughs> it's a full-on villain. To the point where, like, oh, he's killed one of our big characters. Rocky will never overcome this. He overcomes it because it's Rocky. It, of course. That's it. You're done. He's he's reached the top. There's nowhere else to go. And then they did two more after that. Yeah, it just didn't need it. They never do. They just squeeze the squeeze the blood squeeze out, of the the life stone. out of it. I think the the fix that comes around for all of these movies is just take your character and put them somewhere so different. Rocky got the fix. I'm fine with Rocky's fix. Rocky's fix is good. Predator's fix. So no way. We're getting near the end. Rambo. Rambo fucked it after film one. Fight me. Yeah, because Rambo one, and I've said this so many times when I talk about this movie, is like it's a it's a really um, emotionally driven story about a man suffering from PTSD, yep. and he comes back, and the country has turned his, the country that he went to fight for has turned against him, and he doesn't understand why, and it's, it's about his psychological kind of 
downfall. You know what Rambo Two's about? He kills a bunch of kills, um, a bunch. kills a bunch of Vietnamese people. You know what number three's about? He, Up that number, kill more people. Yes, number Moida. three. He f- fights with the Taliban to kill the Russians. Really interesting that one. Uh, the fourth one, <laughs> the fourth one is he just goes to Indonesia and just fucking mutilates some Indonesian like rapist gangs. That movie's awful. And then number five is he just digs some tunnels, digs some tunnels, fights in Mexico, <laughs> and then kills some people with some like um, Home Alone esque traps <laughs> in some tunnels. It's good. So. So yeah, sorry. So yes, the Rambo fix, oh, man. The, I mean, the Rambo fix was just don't do four more films. The f- I can't. I, there's nothing else. They, they just shouldn't have. Done. The Rambo fix was don't make them into mindless action fucking flock. Flock. Yeah. Because like, I suppose if that's what you want, cool. But if you want to maintain good movies, I mean, it. they made money and such. But it's just like <sighs> Rambo's like is the epitome of the downfall of a franchise. We're yeah. like. We start off with like an Oscar-nominated movie, and we end up with um, J- uh, Rambo siding with the Taliban to def- excuse me defeat the Russians. It made me um, gassy thinking about that. <laughs> like that's where that's where your franchise ends up to the point where it takes a really really long, I think like twenty-year gap, yeah. and then they just come back with, "Well, what's he going to do this time?" He's got to kill more people in the jungle. You're like, all right, kill. So we've come up with no new ideas in 20 years. And then it's like, oh, what we'll do Rambo's last outing. What will we do? He's going to kill a bunch of people in the desert. Isn't that what we did in the second one? like Or the third one? Like, at least he dies at the end of Rambo 5. No, he didn't. Or does he? He, he goes on a horse in the after credit scene. And Sylvester Stallone can't let any of his fucking franchises or characters just die. die. Um... Speaking of not dying, we touched on it briefly. Indiana Jones, uh, with his most oh. recent outing of the Dial of Destiny. Oh. So we had so Indiana Jones. We got great, great, no arguments from anybody. Great first film, Raiders, oh, yeah. Raiders of the Lost Ark, mm-hmm. phenomenal. Temple of Doom is the best Indiana Jones movie. There are two lanes of thought. <laughs> there are two lanes of thought. <laughs> there are the people that, and like I'm fine with this. There are the people that love Temple of Doom because it's darker, it's scary. Um, Kalima, the heart eating scene, and I like I get it. I just didn't vibe with it. So you, then you have me who just thinks the Temple of Doom is not great. I don't I don't vibe with it. I think it's not the best Indiana Jones. It's kind of lost its heart if they have had it. Quite literally got it torn out at one point. Quite literally gets it torn out. Um, it doesn't have enough of the action sequences. Do you know what I mean? Like yeah. it's kind of missing it. And then you got three, which most people. Agree I mean, with. I would say the opening action sequence to Temple of Doom is one of the best action sequences. Is that with the the raft flying out the plane? No, that's when they're having the shootout in the um, the club and then they jump into the car with short rounds. And he's like, okie dokie, Mr. Jones. And he puts his foot down on the, the gas. Right and on to your potatoes, Mr. Jones. <laughs> yeah, you remembered it. Fucking great. Um, and then Indiana Jones 3, which although feels kind of cheaper. It just feels like a retread. But it's still a good film. But it's still great. I fucking love it. Absolutely People love like it. Last Crusade. No one really complains about Last that, Crusade. That, that trilogy, those first three films, absolute smashers. You yeah. can watch that like I did this year and have a great time. Then you get Crystal Skull. Which came out... Because I know Indiana Jones was in uh, writer's hell for a long time because George Lucas really wanted to do Aliens and yeah. Steven Spielberg was like, I don't want to do Aliens ever again. I've already done two of the biggest Alien movies of all time. I'm, I'm done with Aliens. And yeah. George is like, but what if he fights Aliens? And... 
after like 20 years, Steven Spielberg was like, right, fine. Fine, do aliens. We'll do the fucking alien thing. They did the alien thing, and it's fucking ho- awful. It's terrible. The thing is, right, so here's the thing with that. It's not, I don't even think it's the aliens that are the problem. The problem is that it's trying to be so Indiana Jones, it becomes a parody of Indiana Jones. Yeah. Because the things that are like, the things everyone remembers that suck bores outside, and I'm going to put this one thing in its own bubble of shit, Shia LaBeouf being the next Indiana Jones. Oh, yes. We can all agree that was unnecessary and nobody just, wanted it. It's just a thing they kept trying to do of just like, oh, we push we want to we want to reboot this franchise with a new character. Yeah. Like, guess why we like this franchise? Because of the original character. If he's not in it or if they're not in it, we don't want any more. I'm going to get to that. Because Shia LaBeouf being like the follow-on Indiana Jones is his own bubble shit. Nobody wants Part that. Part time. Nobody wants it. Uh, but the bits that people remember that sucked balls about it are the fucking fridge. No aliens in yeah. that. The rope, the monkey swinging scene. No aliens oh. in that. The ants. No aliens. Like people say that the aliens was what put them off the film. It's, but everyone complains about everything else in that film. Like the, yeah, dodgy Russian accents. Like What you, what you say is perfect uh, summarization, which is it felt like a film. It felt like it was made by people who'd seen Indiana Jones and thought, mm. oh, we want to try and do that. Yeah. Despite the fact that it was made by the people who made that first trilogy. But they're just so old and out of touch at this point. It just it just didn't feel right. I mean, I would say the opening and the stuff around the university with the motorbike chase, that's all fairly Indiana Jones-esque. Yeah. I enjoyed it, even though the fridge thing is dumb. And then they go back to the... It's the minute they... The Area 51, right? Yeah, so that's the opening of the movie. Yeah. Actually, like, cool. All I that like stuff that. is good. Yeah. It's when they then get on the plane, and for some reason Shia LaBeouf brings his motorbike with him on the plane... <laughs> Never uses it again. It's never seen again. <laughs> and then they start their adventure. And there's a wee moment of like, oh, I kind of like this dynamic. And then the minute um, they get attacked by the these weird um, cave people, movie just yeah, drops off a cliff. Vibes. Sam, um, and what's his name? Harrison Ford gives the worst line delivery of a line ever. Everybody goes, part time. And it's just such bad line delivery. And that's where the movie goes off the cliff. And the rest of the movie, where Shia LaBeouf gets fucking hot and horny as branches smack him in the dick. And he's like, ah, it's just terrible and I hate it. Fucking Cape Blanchett's Russian accent. I am Kate Blanchett. And that brings you to Dial of Destiny. I had to cut you off there because you were just getting real hot and angry. Dial of Destiny, which has an aged beyond belief Indiana Jones doing none of his own stunts an actor who's in his 90s doing like just just existing Phoebe Waller-Bridge is there and I, they're trying to make her like this likable new she's character she's going to be the new Indiana Jones she, I just didn't did not vibe with that or did not like the character so you've got that you've got a new short round who's your shit Oh, he's not even, he's so forgettable, he just disappears from the movie. And then the story, like, the the, the, the villains don't get their comeuppance. You've got fucking Mads Mikkelsen, and you waste Mads Mikkelsen. The time the travel element, like, I, the, the one point I was really excited for is when they're flying through time, and it's like, oh, um, you don't know where you're going, Gru- Gruber. I, I can't remember the fucking yeah, Nazi's like, na- name. Yeah, Nazi man. You, the planet's moved, and I was like, holy fuck, they're going to put this plane out in, like, the other side of the solar system? That's brave. And no, he just means... The different time on Yeah, Earth. the continental drift. So they're actually in Rome and it's ancient time. Whatever. It's it's not great. It's better than four. It's not great. My fix for Indiana Jones, right? And this is the thing I do not understand why they never did this in years and years and years of making Indiana Jones movies. Just make that movie sooner than fucking 2008? No. <laughs> James Bond has the fix for the Indiana Jones problem, right? We have had how many James Bond films, Gav? Oh, God, like... Uh, 
mid twenties, twenty five or something. Holy shit! He just burst back in <laughs> and shouted the number twenty six. Oh, and he's wearing a cowboy hat. <laughs> he's got a holster on. Tree machine. How is the eighteen hundreds? <laughs> Thanks, Tree Machine. You parked, really a, you parked a train outside. It's pregnant. Um, <laughs> Stop fucking everything, Dream Machine. And fix, has the fix for the Indiana Jones franchise, which is fundamentally, right? James Bond has existed for as long as it did. Varying levels of quality, arguably. Um, but the reason they managed to get 26 films is because they just kept changing the actor. The moment an actor fell out of vogue or they felt like that actor was done, they just let the actor go, I'm done. I don't want to do James Bond anymore. No sweat. Off you pop. Go do whatever you want to do, Timothy Dalton. Nobody cares. Um, but then they, they kept it going. They had a new villain. The times changed. James Bond turns back up with a new actor. And it's never referenced. Nobody fucking mentions it. It just happens, right? And it doesn't matter. That is what Indiana Jones should have been doing this entire time. I wholeheartedly disagree with you. How? Because Indiana Jones, the difference between Indiana Jones and James Bond is James Bond is sure Sean Connery made that role um, what it was. Yeah, much but, like Harrison Ford made Indiana but, Jones what it was. But the, the other part of Indiana Jones that James Bond never had is Indiana Jones had a team behind it of people. So you've got your yeah. Spielberg, one of the arguably greatest directors of all time. You've got George Lucas, who's a man who's made some things. And that team um, really pushed Indiana Jones and made that character. Yeah. If you lose one of those three elements, it doesn't feel like Indiana Jones anymore, I feel like. Whereas with Bond, you can get any fucking slap head in and he, <laughs> and he can put together a, a movie where it's like, hey, this is the car, hey, this is the gadget, hey, this is the location, yeah, and but this no, is the but girl. That's exactly what Indiana Jones has done for five movies. No. Indiana Jones. No, James, shut up. James, shut up. James, Indiana James. Jones. Indiana Jones, right? Uh, other than Marion Ravenwood popping back up, right? Indiana Jones in each film has a new love interest, has a new sidekick, and at one point randomly meets an old ally that we've never fucking seen or heard from who goes, Indy! And he goes, ah, oh, remember that time on the uh, continental drift back in Panama? And they're like, ah, oh, we barely escaped from that one, Indy. And it's just this weird fucking adventure that you've never seen about. They are the components of an Indiana Jones. Add an artifact, add a new fucking location, add some kind of escape sequence, Bang, there's your movie. No, I feel like Harrison Ford is too synonymous and connected to that role. Bollocks. That, that if you bollocks. If you take him out of it, it loses the, the charm. And the that's, but that's only because we've had five films shoved down our throats. If we had three, and then they went, right, new Indiana Jones film, new actor, we are going to continue the legacy. The guy's not going to be aging any fucking more. Is We're done. Granted, we probably couldn't have had The Last Crusade because that introduces his dad, which kind of like fucks things up a bit. But it's just like every Indiana Jones quadrilogy, trilogy duo is a new actor doing the Indiana Jones thing. The 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 technology could have improved. The, the stakes could get higher. And it doesn't matter that Indiana Jones is fucking aging and he's now a 90-year-old man kicking about because... It's a new actor, much like James Bond has managed to do for the last fucking 50 years. Or, and here's a fucking crazy idea. We just let there be three Indiana Jones movies, a great trilogy of adventure movies, action adventure movies, and we just let that be. Uh, you I, know? I don't disagree with that Because at look, all. At, look at James Bond at this point, where James Bond is so, like the franchise, I don't mean the, the character, but probably also the character. The franchise is so old and tired like we've talked about it before like it's just like hey 
it's insert but if they're the, these things anyway, you know. But if they're going to do it anyway, I would rather we had... Indiana Jones, like the like, I would rather this chronicled adventures of Indiana Jones. I would because because people love those adventure films. That's why the so, Mummy did so. So, so then, well. just let them love that trilogy of movies no, because, and right, move on but, to the Mummy ones, or move on to something not, else. But like they're not going to do it because because studios insist on insist on fucking flogging ancient IPs. We get stuck with ancient Harrison Ford and a terrible film. Whereas I mean, if if they had just been like, look. Indiana Jones is the selling point. Indiana Jones goes on adventures across the world, but we're just going to James Bond it. Bang. You but then fix I feel the like problem. you try something like that and then you end up with Solo, a Star Wars story, where people are just like, this isn't my Harrison Ford or my Han Solo. I don't want this. This is different voices doing different But the only reason that's thing. happened is because they made a new Indiana Jones film at the fucking Crystal Skull time, however many years that was. If they had five years or three years after uh, Last Crusade made a new Indiana Jones film with a new actor people would have just fucking dealt with it. The same way people just fucking dealt with it with James Bond. But I just feel like we don't have to deal with it because we could have just let it be. We but can't we didn't do let it be. I know. And we I could want have it. had it better. We could have had... We've now got shit. Whereas I'm saying, I'm trying to save it going back the way. Like, we could have had those characters on horseback just riding off into the sunset and the movie be over. Gav, it's, you're right. Any film could have just finished... This. The franchise could have finished at any fucking point. No film needs to go off and die a slow, painful death, but they all fucking do because they can't help themselves. What I'm trying to do is fix the problem and when it comes to a serialized adventure series like Indiana Jones where no adventure really affects the follow-on, really, every single one of those films can exist in a vacuum. I just feel... When they do that, just fucking change the actor and, and do it with a fresh new actor so you don't have to explain why Indiana Jones can't crack his whip anymore because his sciatica's playing up. <laughs> Fuck off. I just don't feel it'll fix the... The problem. I feel it only just worsen the problem for the franchise. I, no, I disagree. I think it would fix the problem because rather than having to explain this shit of aging Harrison Ford, you can just be like, yeah, he cracks his way. He continues to do it. The reason that he's now in modern day Tokyo searching for the ancient Tokian jade dragon statue is because it's a new actor and you just fucking deal with it. Like, I like that he's in Tokyo looking for the Tokian jade <laughs> statue. I, I, the jade dragon statue, whatever. But you know what I mean? Like, You don't have to explain it anymore because it's just, it's just these are serialized adventure films. I, the only way I'll accept your fix is if it means I never have to see or go through an experience like Dial of Destiny was for me, which is this, you know, the scene where he's on the boat and she's like, what would you do if you could go back in time? Yeah. And he's like, oh, I'd go back and make sure my son didn't die. And then he just like farts, cries and walks out of scene. <laughs> I, 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 weird scene. I, I, he just goes, <laughs> and walks away. I was like, this is so wholly depressing and sad. <laughs> I came out of that movie genuinely miserable. And I'm like, and you know I, I never want this again. And sure, a- if your fix means that I don't have to sit through a scene where an old man farts, then cries, and wanders off thinking about his dead son, then I'll take it. Because that movie was fucking miserable. I think of all the movies we've talked today, that one was the worst. Absolute <laughs> dog shit. Hot, the action was terrible. The characters were terrible. I hated them all. I was sad by the end. I'd never had fun. There wasn't an ounce of fun. I was just like, this is sad, depressing, and boring. And all I want to do... I'm old at this point, you know? I don't want to fart and cry about a dead person and walk away. And that, ladies and gentlemen, is how we've fixed all of those film <laughs> franchises. That... 
has been the Meandering Movie Podcast from the sunny beaches of California. I A. Machines had a whole crazy fucking adventure, and I think the TV is about to burst. Oh my god! Oh, screaming Dream Machine TV baby on the floor. That's awful. What have you done, Dream Machine? Are we going to have to look, to look after that? No, we'll send the Dream Machine off to another time and space. Anyway, folks, that's been it for me. Like Manchester. <laughs> yeah, somewhere like Manchester. I've been Gary Copeland Boyd. Uh, I've been the little feeling you get in your tummy when you go over a hill and it kind of goes, whoa, oh, that's, that's who I am. That's your piss bouncing in your bladder. And we've been joined, maybe for the last time, by my favourite new friend, the Dream Machine. Music is life. See you folks. Somebody clean up that baby. It's me and movies. It's me and movies. It's me and movies. So.